0: Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas. And if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, happy Friday. You're back. What's up? And uh, we're back. Still in jail. But hey, The end of Job is right around the corner, and then we go back to Genesis. So I am enjoying this plan.
1: I I like that we're covering just one book. It feels it's so refreshing. I feel like I'm just tracking better, and I'm understanding more. Yep. And and
0: if I don't know, it just feels like it's it's so helpful so far. Yep. In fact, just as you look ahead to Sunday's reading, I believe it is. You're only doing two chapters. You're doing thirty-eight and thirty-nine, which are two of the coolest Mm -hmm. chapters in Job because it's you know the crescendo. Uh, Where were you? Yeah, it's the the bang. Yeah. Flash bang pow. Yeah, it is a good plan. It is a good plan. So Great plan. Yeah. Hey, do your kids have Monday off?
1: Um, That's a good question for Kristen. Yeah. My it's, love, uh, if you're listening, can you tell us? It's MLK Junior Day, I think. Uh, oh. So my well, kids- that would work out because Monday's supposed to be a bad day of weather anyway.
0: Yeah, my kids have Monday off. I'm like, we, we just took like two and a half weeks off for Christmas. How are you going to celebrate? Um, <laughs> What are you guys going to do, Pastor PJ? We are going to- Come on. We're going to watch a movie. No, I don't. I we're just going <laughs> to try to survive cold weather. I know, man. It's going to yeah. be crazy. I, I, is. This is
1: our first real
0: Texas winter. I, Are I'm you a excited? Little, I'm a little giddy. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm terrified to driving yeah. it, but I'm, ex- I'm a little excited about seeing. I like. was talking to somebody today. Well, recording this today. So yesterday, I guess, about uh, about winter in Texas, who lives over in Arizona, and I was like, Yeah, it's it's cold because we're we're we'll lay our cards on the table we're talking about baptisms coming up here in in a couple of weeks yep. and uh yep. week and a half and uh one of the options is that we're setting the tank up outside, outside. and it's a portable tank and we're gonna just Minus celebrate 20. after church yeah and uh, i was telling this guy i was like man it's it's cold in texas in the wintertime he was like really so yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't think people understand. Man, Texas gets cold. Like it's get, it gets hot for sure during the summer, but get, it gets cold too. You get the both of them. You get really hot and you get really cold. Yeah,
1: yeah. Single digits is what we're looking at. Yeah, there was a there was a time earlier a couple days ago where they were forecasting potentially negative. Yeah. But there's it's two crazy. days, maybe three, that we're going to be sub freezing
0: temperatures. Yep. The whole time, the whole day. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you're getting baptized, uh, we're going to do it outside. You should sure. start doing ice baths now. In preparation for your your baptism, That's a good moment. idea. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, although man, people are already nervous when they're getting baptized, and then it's cold on top of that, and so it's just going to be like teeth chattering. Like nobody's going to be able to hear what you're talking about. About going to be you, the best one yet, is it? It's going to be one of the most memorable. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I get to be in the baptism tank for all of them. I will cheer you on. Yeah. Well, you have a hairdryer that you just kind of like blow on my back after each
1: one. (laughs) Funny that that you you say that. I I bring, I don't know if you've noticed, I I bring my portable
0: heater with us. I I do, yeah. Regular. Yeah, the coach's closet is super warm. Because I don't,
1: like, my fingers get like, they're numb. Yeah. I can't fit in my little hand heater that, that you bought me. Um, it works, but then it like burns. Yeah. Whereas the heater, I can actually just, my, my extremities can get warm for sure. So yeah. I have that there. I'll just get an extension there cord we... to bring it outside. Maybe I'll even put it in the baptismal. Will that help you think?
0: Yeah. Or I need it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> it'd be a shocking round of baptisms. <laughs> it'd be lit up. I need to get a dry suit. That's what I need to get. One of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a just good idea. do my baptisms in the, uh,
1: dude, that's a great idea. We should get some of those and have the compass brand on them
0: for baptisms
1: <laughs> <Not> for <laughs> baptisms.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, hey, that is coming up on Sunday the 21st. We're excited about that. It's going to be an awesome day, a banner day for Compass Bible Church North Texas. Red letter. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, let's get into our reading in the book of Job today. And uh, one guy has the stage today. Six chapters, man.
1: This guy has a lot to say.
0: He does. And he's only talking to himself, it turns out. (laughs) Because nobody else is responding. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he just pours his heart out and it's like, crickets. Yeah. Well, no, then it's like God. God steps in. Well, see, that's what's funny because I've... One of the theories about the section is that it was a
1: later edition because it's not mentioned at the beginning. He's not mentioned at the end and it doesn't seem like you could take out 32 through 37 and just jump to God and it, it, you wouldn't feel like you've lost anything. What are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, no, I've, I saw that too. Some think that this is the first commentary on the book of Job that somebody is contributing. Uh This is like, I'd heard that kind of the the first round of, of commentary on it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's there. I think it 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 makes sense uh, as a transition between the earlier dialogue between Job and his friends and the appearance of God. I think there's some some overlap there. I think Elihu reaches back at times to some of the same things that the friends say and then I think he also sets the stage for the appearance of God, especially in chapter 37, uh which is uh, not in today's reading, but he uh, he really kind of gets to that place where he sets things up for uh, for God's appearance.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's possible. It's possible. Well, the theory about that, but it just seems like the, the easiest way to read this is uh, as part of it. And there's there's questions for sure. Some mystery behind where he, what role he plays, and right. there's ambiguity even about should he be respected? Should we trust what he's saying? Because God makes no comment about him. Right. He he only mentions the other three friends. So it's interesting for sure.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, chapter uh, thirty two two, chapter thirty two. I, I titled this one the Burning Man. Uh, Because verse 2, verse 3, and verse 5, you'll notice that Elihu is, uh, he's hot. He's hot under the collar. He's burning with anger. Hot and bothered. Um, Which is is interesting. I mean, yeah, he, not only, this guy, uh, yeah, he comes out of nowhere. And not only does he come out of nowhere, but he comes out of nowhere mad. He comes out of nowhere angry at Job's three friends and Job. And so he's not, like, getting a slow, like, sticking his toe in the water kind of a situation he's coming at it going hey i'm here and and you guys are in the wrong and and that's what he starts with especially with the friends Uh, verses three through five he's he's confronting them in chapter 32 and uh he first steps up and says look you may be older than i am but uh, but i've i've got something to say as well and uh, he he chastises uh, them and uh, chastises them for for uh, their failures in refuting job elihu feels like man job has has opened his mouth and he's said some things that aren't right and he's going to get to job eventually but Especially in verses ten through sixteen, he's Elihu is sitting there just kind of lighting up these three friends and and their inability to uh, to counter Job's argument and and so it's a a chapter of uh, of confrontation, a chapter of of anger here. Um, and Elihu even makes the the bold statement in verse fourteen: "He has not directed his words against me, and I will not answer him with your speeches." In in other words, look, I, I haven't. I haven't held court yet. And when I do, he's not gonna be able to stand up against me. You guys have been miserable failures. But man, when I get in here, Joe better watch out. Better watch so, out. It's coming out with a knockout punch. Yeah. You know, say what you will about Elihu man.
1: And, and I, I, there are lots of things that are problematic about what he says, how he approaches people, yada yada. But I do appreciate, I really appreciate the fact that it seems like where he's coming from is a good place. He's he's angry because verse two, um, uh, because Job uh justified himself rather than God. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that's commendable. That's that's worthy of acknowledging and saying that's, that's good. If you're going to get angry, let it be because you're angry for the right reasons, the righteous ang- anger, righteous indignation, we call it. If that's what this is, okay, he's wrong on a lot of things, but perhaps that's why he's not chastised with the rest of Job's friends because he really cares about God's reputation here. Granted, he's wrong about the diagnosis. He's wrong about why it's happening, but he's right to be upset to say, guys, justify God. Stop justifying
0: yourself. But... But isn't that also what the other three friends did? Weren't they also saying, hey, Job, who are you to question God? Doesn't God always act this way? Isn't God in the right and you're in the wrong?
1: Yeah, and, and I guess you're right on that. I would, I would say that that's not the case. They tried. Um, but perhaps the difference here, Eli, in fact, there are differences for Elihu. And for whatever reason, he's given a family lineage. Some commentators see significance in the fact that he is Elihu's name means uh he is my God, mm-hmm. perhaps, and he's a son of B- Barakel the Buzite. Seems like he has some lineage connection to the people of Israel. Abraham, I, I don't know, man. I, it just seems like Elihu stands head and shoulders above them in, in helpful ways, and also in other
0: unhelpful ways. So, it's a good that's a good response. I'm not entirely sure how to answer that. Yeah, well, it, 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 chapter thirty two ends in a. a, a interesting way where <laughs> Elihu basically says hey get ready to hear my opinion i'm also going to answer my share i will declare my opinion he literally says that it's a lot of prologue yeah verse 19 behold my belly is like wine that has no vent It's gonna burst bursting Boom. in the seams uh, which is probably a, a good reminder for us if we ever feel like that if we're just chomping at the bit take some Pepto-Bismol
1: somebody, you call it a night yeah
0: well at least take a minute take a minute and Pepto yeah and some Pepto and push back from the table and say do I really need to contribute what I'm about to contribute here? Am I answering this for the right reason? Do I have that righteous indignation? Am I offended on God's behalf or more offended on my behalf? Right. Uh, and, and to reconsider that. So. Well, verse eight, is, uh, verse 8 and 9, actually. I, I, okay, that I was like, I
1: put in my Bible, true. Age does not equal wisdom. It's yes. not, they're not one in the same. So I appreciate it when he said that. Okay. It's yep. you know, because you're older. doesn't mean that you're wiser. The aged who understand what is right. Therefore I say, okay, that's where he says, listen to my opinion, but it's God almighty who makes someone wise. I thought of Psalm 119, 99, and I'm going to loosely paraphrase it because I just have the reference and not the verse in front of me. Um, because of your word, I have more understanding than my teachers. Yep. I have greater wisdom because of the word of God. So if, if you want to be like Elihu in the positive sense,
0: maybe know more of God's word and you might have greater wisdom wisdom than those who are far older than you yeah super uh, yeah helpful true right 100 percent. yeah chapter 33 then he uh, turns his focus to job and he's he's ready to address him and it's uh, again i i struggle with Elihu who just because i feel like he i don't know pompous is the wrong word but i, I feel like he's a pri- self-assured yeah he's a confident individual let's put it that way right yeah Like verse three, my words declare the uprightness of my heart and what my lips, what, and what my lips know, they speak sincerely. The spirit of God has made me the breath of the almighty gives me life. Answer me if you can. In other words, he's basically saying what I'm about to tell you comes from God. God is the one that made me. He made me. And this is the knowledge that I have and I'm about to impart it to you. And it's coming from God. I mean, it's, it's a bold position for him to be in. And and I think we need to be careful to put ourselves in such a position because uh, that that's, that's a dangerous place to, to say that you're about to speak for God, uh, is, is a really dangerous place to be. Um, and, and Elihu seems to be there, at least in the opening part of, of verse of chapter 33 verses eight through 11. Then he, he summarizes Job's defense to this point And, uh, and says, Job, you've, you've said these things. This is what you have, have said. This is what you've made. This, these are the, the accounts that you've, you've given, um, and he doesn't refute Job's innocence or accuse him of, of closeted wrongdoing the way the other friends do. Instead, what Elihu does is he presents an apologetic for God. And that's, I think, Pastor Rod, the, the, the part maybe that you appreciate about him versus the other friends. Um, in a, a positive view, he even gives of the benefits of suffering. And, and so he's calling Job to say, okay, let's not argue the, the finer points of whether or not you're guilty of all these things that these other three have, have accused you of doing. Let, let's talk about who God is and, and what God might be doing in your life right now. Yeah.
1: And that's, and again, to his credit, even though he is pompous, arrogant, self-assured young man, he feels like a young man. Yeah. He just feels like a young dude who just thinks a lot. It's funny because when I was younger, I used to know a lot too. Now that I'm older, I know that I know a lot less than I thought I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and church planning has, has church a way of plan- doing that too. Church plan-
1: Christian The Christian life is a whole... Church planning is definitely a part of that, but I think that's there's something about him that I do appreciate the the yeah. passion, the the love for God, the the vigor for his for his name. I appreciate that, even though so much of this, again, to your point, is is just kind of embarrassing. I yeah. wonder if at one point in Ellie whose life he looks back on this and I wish I wouldn't have said that.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, chapter uh, 33, then Elihu's response continues in in verses 12 through 30. Um, In in verses 12 through 22, he lays out for us really, here's how God deals with people. Uh, Verses 12 through 14, God is not silent. He has spoken. He has communicated. Sometimes he does so uh, in dreams, verses 15 through 18. Sometimes he does so in suffering, verses 19 through 22. But God communicates through these things. Uh, And so Elihu's saying, Job, you say, where is God? God is here. God has been speaking the whole time and here's some of the ways that he does this he communicates he he tries to get his messages across in these different ways and uh sometimes that suffering will even lead us to the point of death that that suffering can even eventually end there and he's warning job then in verses 23 through 30 saying if you don't want that to befall you then here's what you need you need to repent and so he refers returns to a familiar refrain that the other friends have given, but this time he, from a different approach saying, Job, you need to repent of your view that, that God has walked away and not answered you anything and, and that God has been silent in this. This is not a new argument. You've heard this before. Right. Eliphaz
1: said something very similar back in chapter five, give or take, when he first started speaking, saying essentially God uses suffering as a means to preserve you, protect you, to grow you. And, and this is true as far as it goes. We wouldn't deny this as pastors, as Christians. We, we are Called to believe that in every element of our pain, God is using it redemptively. That is, there is no wasted suffering in the Christian life. And that's what Elihu's saying. That is true as far as it goes. But of course, that's a wrong diagnosis because we know Job's not suffering only for that reason. There's, a, there's an entire other thing happening outside of what's seen here that functions behind the scenes. So Elihu's
0: partially true. He's partially correct, but he's also partially incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. And chapter 34, then, uh, I titled Elihu the Fourth Friend. Uh, because in, in this one he he goes hard after Job again, and it seems like he, he similar to the other friends, picks and chooses what he wants to uh, to quote here from Job. Um, he's more even-handed for sure than the other friends, but still finds Job in the wrong when all is said and done. In chapter thirty-four, uh, in in verses five through nine, he summarizes again more of Job's arguments there. In uh, in verses ten through thirty, then the the heart of the chapter, he's just defending God. Verse ten: God does no wrong. Verse eleven. God repays men according to their deeds. How, where have we heard that before? Again, God does these things. Suffering is because of works. Suffering is because of things that have been done. Verse 12, God never perverts justice. He never does what is wrong. Verses 21 through 23, jump down further. God needs no court room to render a verdict. Job has, has, has desired multiple times if only I could appear before him and have a mediator el here is saying that God doesn't need to weigh the evidence God is perfect in his knowledge and he has rendered a verdict that is in accordance with that perfect knowledge uh, and then it, as the the chapter lands in verses 31 through 37 he just flat out condemns job he um, verses 31 through 32, Job, have you considered, have you acknowledged the lesson that God is trying to teach you through all of this suffering? And then 36 through 37, Job, you should be condemned basically is what he's saying. You you are guilty in, in at least this oversight of what God might be trying to teach you.
1: Somebody made an observation. They sent us an email saying, you know, maybe what's going on here in part is that over the course of time, people lose their strength and and, and one of the reasons Job suffers the way he does is because even though he might have started out well, he didn't sin with his mouth. As time went on and he began to suffer more and more, things unravel for him. Um, and so that's a part what's happening maybe with, with Job's life. How long is the book of Job? Well, the book of Job is, what, 42 chapters? Yes. But how long is the time frame? That's a question we don't know the answer to. Right. There's no time markers given to us that tell us, oh, this was over the course of three days or three weeks or three months or three years. So, when, when Elihu steps in here, we don't know at what point Job is in this. The fact that he's silent somehow tells me that there's a resignation on his part. Like, I, I, I don't know what else to say. You're not helping at all. You're not saying anything new. Um, but part of what makes Elihu's words, at least in chapter 34, so reprehensible is that he's accusing Job of things that the, the other friends have, but there's no basis for it. Again, t- verse 28, uh, They the wicked caused the cry of the poor to come to God. And he heard the cry of the afflicted, therefore saying, look, Job, this is you. This is you, buddy. You've abused the poor. You've, uh, you've hurt the downtrodden and the lowly. This is why God's responding the way he is. Earlier in the chapter, he says something. Who is a man like Job who drinks up scoffing like water? Yeah. You're, you're sucking it down, man. Like, you know, you've got a big old bucket of scoffing toward God. You travel in the company with evildoers. You walk with wicked men. And then you've also said, and this is true, it profits a man nothing that he should take delight in God. At least, is close close quote anyway. So all this to say, Elihu's got some things right. Some things. But the wrong thing is that he's accusing Job of evil. Job's probably not responding because he's over, he's overdone. He, he's finished. He has nothing more to say. And I guess if there's a takeaway for us here, um, it's funny enough because Elihu's like, I'm going to be gentle with you. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be soft and tender. Take my words. Now behold, no need to to be, uh, to, he says in chapter 33, verse 7, Behold, no need of me terrify... Well,
0: <laughs> I can't read this. It's okay. It's okay. You can do it.
1: <laughs> no fear of me need terrify you. Sometimes the ESV just words it in ways, that I'm like, why do you say difficult. it that way? Yep. Anyway... All that to say, let let it not be you, that you come across hard and strong on people in the way that Elihu does. Yeah. And I think the only way to do that really is to have a humble heart and a and a full head of what God actually does. This is why your Bible so important because yep. the more of your Bible you know, the better you can say, look, God's working in a million different ways. And I don't know for sure which way that is. Be patient, be humble with the people you're talking to.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is an interesting question. How long is this time frame? I mean, even back in chapter two, uh, you know, his friends come, but it took a while probably for the, the news to reach his friends that he was suffering and had lost all that he had lost. And right. then they show up and, and it, I think they after, sat for seven days. Right. So there's was, there was at least a week. Happening there's at least there. a week. Yeah.
1: How how long after that? Who knows?
0: Yeah. I, I don't think we're in the realms of years. I think we're in the realms of, of weeks, weeks maybe. maybe months. Yeah.
1: It's hard to say, yeah, because one would expect that. Okay, so remember, this is a hidden, an historical account. We would agree with that, right? But the compilation of the Book of Job is clearly edited and meant to be poetry, which is why all the words are written the way they are. If you're looking at your Bible, there's it's not written like a paragraph. So you're not reading an historical account in the strictest sense of this happened then this happened. It's a poetic um, interpretation of it, if I could say it, right. of how this unfolded. So it seems like there's some elements of maybe they're at the city gates and they're talking to one another and who
0: knows. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it, by the way, if that, if that causes you to, to do a double take, the, the book of Psalms is edited and arranged, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's put together in a, a way that the the author saw fit. I, I think we see that in the book of Proverbs too. The Proverbs are placed in different places and arranged in different ways. It doesn't call into question any of the doctrine of the inerrancy and authority of scripture. Um, there are books that we look at and we say, okay, the, for example, the Pentateuch we're, we're in the we're going back to the Pentateuch in a, a week or so and there are going to be some that argue that the Pentateuch had multiple authors JEDP maybe we'll talk about that when we get in there that oh, there's please. multiple authors of all the different you know books of the Pentateuch that's where we have to throw a flag on the play because scripture attests that Moses is the one that composed it right, right. so we hold to that because that's what scripture teaches when it comes to something like Job and, and was it put together by a later author that was kind of putting uh, compiling a compendium of this poetic summary of, of Job's life, that's fine. That doesn't change any of the content or whether or not this is the inspired word of God. It's just the way that the author chose to put it together. Right.
1: That doesn't eliminate the, the fact that there are some challenges. In, in other words, when when Moses dies, he can't keep on writing. That's that's fair. a fair point, right? Yes, that's fair. There are times when you have to say, okay, clearly there's there's help here, and maybe right. Moses employs Joshua to to do some of this stuff because Joshua also does some writing of the scriptures, right? So it, it we don't want to oversimplify what's what's true here, and it's that God is the ultimate author; He's the one who compiles it, and He uses different people and different
0: sources to to put together exactly what we have in our hands, and it's trustworthy. Yep, yeah, it is. So keep reading your Bibles because it is trustworthy, and uh, we'll. Keep going with Elihu tomorrow. We'll finish Elihu tomorrow. We Thank, will finish thanks be to God. with Elihu tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org, and we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.